One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys, we've got a guest that you asked for. Again, I'm delivering it. He is hes actually one of the biggest guys in Australia. Like This, this, this is no joke. He is another bald legend. We've got Sam Pierce, IFBB Pro, in the building. And, mate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Frankie. It's uh, been some time. I mean... Um on my end, obviously. You've been hitting me up, I know, and I, you probably think I've been barring at some stage, but I'm just, I'm hopeless, man. I've been, in the last 12 months, I've been opening up my gym and doing everything i got to do and um, just been bad for timing, man. So thanks for being patient. I'm, Mate, I'm glad honestly, I, I, I felt like, um, I felt like I was on Tinder and you're asking the girl to come round and then she's just completely barring <laughs> you off. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's what it's like. Um, but, mate, do you know what? Volkanovski's doing it to me as well. Volkanovski agreed to the podcast and um, now he's ignoring me. But he'll come back round. See, I've never ignored you. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, always... he's, not, he's, not, he's not ignoring me, but you know, he's, he's, he's playing hard to get. But I think, I think all bald legends play hard to get. I think that's the... I think that's the that's it's that. just something in us, man. You know, you, you've got to have that element about yourself if you're going to be attractive, you know? So, yeah, yeah, elusive, you know yeah, what I mean? You yeah. play a little bit hard to get there. You're already on the disadvantage, you know what I mean? So you've got to have something up your sleeve. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's what you play out, bro. Of course. I think the best place for us to start with you, mate, there's so, there's so much to talk about, you know, I want to take you on the... On the I want to take the people on the whole journey of what of what it's taken for you to get to this point and, and what you've got to do to get to where I believe you're going and where I know you know you're going. But let's just let's just strip it way back, right? What made you even decide to get fucking serious about bodybuilding in the first place? Like, what what was it that attracted you? Because let's face it, you have to go through all the fucking food. You have to lift fucking a shit ton of heavy weight. It's not just it's not there's a, there's a mental game to it as well. Like, what yeah. makes you decide that you want to dedicate your life to that? Uh, like anything, um, you fall into a bike accident. You know, I just I was trying to get big to put on size for football. You know, I was I was I was reasonably good at football, but I was a late starter in puberty. So I finished high school and I wanted to essentially put on some size. You know, and um, funny enough, there was this big black dude from America, and um, he was always in the gym training. That's what everyone knew him as at the time. You know, like he just kept to himself, and I was just like, man, he he looks really really cool you know like I just always want to look like that and I always loved bodybuilding like I had the magazines and stuff like that you know I, I guess I always wanted to look like a super saiyan you know so they kind of resonated with me and uh he just came to the gym one day he just walked up he goes man you're you're very strong and I just I didn't even think he was talking to me I just I just kept doing my thing and he's like oi you know you're really strong and I'm like oh shit man he's 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 talking to me so we got on a chat and stuff and he said you know you should you should look to compete you know you'd be very good at it I've been watching you train and um, I was just more so blown away with him noticing me, you know, and, 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 and looking at me and um, I kind of just took it from there. I just said, yeah, well, if, you know, if I should compete, you know, what do I do? He goes, I'll coach you for free, you know, you're going to make it. And um, I was 17 then and, you know, I was going down a, you know, not I was going through a pretty bad bad path there, you know, I was mixed what, up with the wrong crowd. What and, kind of things were you getting involved with? Um, you name it, you know, Um 
just just put it all down the drugs, you know, drugs and, and alcohol and, Ch- and chasing and, drugs for yourself or like or like selling drugs to other people kind of thing. Dude, everything, everything, and um, it. All my friends are getting amongst it. People getting put away. People turning on each other, and you know, you know the deal. And for me, I just kind of saw it, saw what was going on, but I, I wasn't aware of it. What I guess bodybuilding did, and why I feel I owe so much to it, is that. Uh, keeping myself accountable to him because I didn't want to let him down because I looked up to him and pulling myself away from my friends at the time. Not that they were bad to me or anything like that. It's just that, you know, you you look at the five people closest to you and that's what you're going to become. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I was just so focused on trying to keep him happy and, you know, he was going to train me for free and do these things or whatever. And I just kind of said, well, you know, I'll do this. And now I look, I look back at it and I'm like, well, he kind of saved me and put me on the right path. You know? do, do, do you reckon from his point of view that he saw you and, and he and he kind of thought, do you know what, I'm going to grab this kid early and put him on the right path because I can see he's going down the wrong path. No, right? like I, I was never, I was never a, a lad. You know what I mean? I never walked around showing shit off. You know, I was I always came from a good family and, and things like that. I just I could actually see deep down the direction that I was going in, and I come from a good family. I always thought to myself, like you know, this is the path I'm going in, like. I don't want to let my parents down, and um, they always loved me no matter what. You know, I could have done whatever I wanted to do, even if it was that, and they'd still love me. So for me, I was like, you know, they've worked so hard their whole life. We're not a rich family. We're, you know, very lower middle class. So um, I feel like they put in too much effort for me to go down a path um, that, in my eyes, was disappointing. And um, I guess... I guess that took me away from it. I guess that taught me how to work hard. That taught me how that, you know, if I wanted to achieve something, you got to work hard for it. I um, said to myself, well, you know, you're not going to make much money from bodybuilding. You know, I've got to, I've got to get on the straight and narrow and, and get some sort of a degree because I didn't have the confidence to follow my passion of coaching and things back then or whatever in the fitness industry. I just said, you know, I've got to, I've got to get a degree because that's what we're taught when we leave school, get a degree, you know. So I did two years at TAFE, back entry, because obviously I didn't have the grades to get into uni. And went through and um, got into civil engineering and went from there, you know. Civil so. engineering. I could not see you as a civil engineer. Dude, yeah. You but know, this, yeah. this is a classic thing that a lot of people that go through this podcast have, have been indoctrinated in, into, right? That The fact of like that they're taught that they have to follow a certain path in life to get to these things, like, you know. Society tells us that. You yeah. know, we go to school, we do the subjects at school, you get a certain OP or, or whatever it is, you, whatever state you're in, whatever schooling system you have to follow. But here you get an OP. And you've got to try and get into uni and get a degree and follow the system that way. No one ever tells you to go out on your own and, and take the risk. Um, and, and really, you come out of school and you don't get to any of that shit. You don't know how to write a resume. Yeah. You, know, you don't know how to get into sales. You don't know how to sell yourself. You don't know how to, to, to work hard. You don't know how to f- follow a passion. You know, like people say to me, oh, I'm lazy with something. But I'm like, well, lazy is a, a good term to use because lazy clearly means you don't want to do it. You know, if someone says, you know, do the dishes, you're like, I don't want to fucking do the dishes, you know, because obviously you don't want to do it. So why would you do a subject at school you don't want to do? Yeah. Why wouldn't you invest in something you want to do? A hundred percent, So for me, like I, I said, I realized that later in life, I went through engineering and I got to the end of it and I'm like, hold up, like if I can put this much work into something and complete something I'm, you know, I, I don't really enjoy, but you know, P's get degrees, you know, pass has got me the degree. Um... For me, I look at it and I go, well, you know, what if I put that energy into something that I, I love? 100%, mate. T- today, right, even just taking, in instance, this podcast for me, right, this lights me up. That's why I fucking do it, right? The 
today I lost a, a, I lost a, I lost a couple of clients. Probably cost me about ten thousand dollars a month on retainer. Right. The the reason why that's a good thing for me is because that allows me to lean even more into what what's on, on my purpose and and that that's that's what the whole game's about. It's like life 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 shows you things so that you can move through it and do the right do the right thing for you. There's definitely signs for that. Hundred you know, percent. Um, I've had to do something recently too. I've had to cut off about fifteen hundred bucks a week in my own wage with clients online and in, and in person. I've just had to do it because um, it's nothing personal against them. I just, for me, I got to take that one step backwards so I can go two steps forward. You know, I'm continuously working, and you know, don't get me wrong, I make good money out of it. But um, it's not just about money, is it? You've you've got a goal that's way beyond money. Of course, I want to be financially free. And your wealth, right, is only what you are when you stop working. So if you stop working right now, how much do you earn a week? Yeah. And most people will say zero dollars. Well, you're not worth anything. Yeah. You're worth fuck all. And don't get me wrong, I'm still in that same position now. Like I'm I'm I've got some passive income coming in, but it's not something that I'm earning right now if I stop working. Yeah. So really my wealth is fuck all as well. You know, so for me I do have to take that one step backwards so I can start working on stuff to build my business and businesses so I yeah. don't have to work. So if I want to go fuck off for a month with my daughter overseas and 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 chill, yeah, I can go do it. If I want to go compete and, and train for 12 weeks with mates of mine that are pros in the US and, you know... You need something the whole to Yeah, you know, but right now, you know, if I, if I took off and, and did that, you know, it'd be a struggle for me. I'd have to live off my savings. When in reality, you shouldn't be um, living off your savings. You should be using your, your finances on your passive income. You know, two people, too many people, they've got a set wage and they, they go out and get a fancy car or put deposits down on houses and things like that. When in reality, that's the wrong thing to do. You should be focusing on that time and effort to be working on your passive income, which will in turn allow you to buy those things because they're not coming out of your weekly wage every week. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I had a bit of a... <laughs> guys right I, I gotta tell everyone that listens to this right i just started microdosing mushrooms yeah just like 0.3 a yeah. day just just like trying to open up new new neurological pathways and i started to go a lot inward on the breath work and the other day i had a bit of a premonition in the morning that why why do why do i why do i need why do i need a car why do i need why do i need all this stuff that i that i have to pay for you know you, mm. you have a car yeah, I pay for my car cash. It's all good. Like I don't owe nothing on the car, but then you have to pay insurance. All this shit. Basically, I just, I just had a bit of a premonition the other day that I think I need to I need to I need to sell everything, and then go, and then and then go back to like go back to scratch, like similar to what you're saying, because we we all get we all get we all get like we we all think we have to have this, but but who says we have to have that, dude? I I crash my. I've always had Mercedes and I crashed one at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, written it off. And I think I got paid out. It was about 50 odd K for it. Um, for what it was worth. And um, at that stage, you know, obviously I was still in the mix of opening my gym and, you know, that's an expensive gig doing all that shit. And um, I took that money and put it into my gym and people said, oh, why don't you just get the payout and buy another car? I'm like, well... I don't want to use that money to go buy the same car. If I get another car, I'm getting a, a better car than I got last time. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's what I did. I put that money in the gym, let the gym start... Ramping up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah get, some, get some money back, put some more, more money in, more money in, more money in, and, and that's essentially what I did. Now, people will say, but 
aren't you contradicting yourself because your car's a liability? I'm like, well, if you can afford it twice, I don't think it's a liability, for one. And two, you know, at, at this stage where I am working in my business a lot, um, you know, I'm getting to the gym at, you know, 4.30 in the morning and I'm not leaving till 8.30 every night. I want to make sure I get in a, a motor that I enjoy. So when I'm pissed off that I have to get up on a fucking cold morning at 4, four o'clock, I'm enjoying the ride to the gym because that's something for myself. You know, some people like to go and have a few drinks on the weekend and socialize. Some people like to do whatever it is. That's just my thing that I have for myself. Like you go yeah. on Instagram, I haven't put it on Instagram. You know, it's not out there to show off for anyone except It's just for, for myself. You. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So whatever, I do think you do have to have some sort of reward for your hard work that you do. You know, too many people, um, uh, too, too many people are working, 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 working. Um, and, and on that grind and on that hustle. They don't they reward call. themselves. Yeah. Well, your body, y- your brain doesn't see any um, value to that work. If you don't reward yourself, you know, obviously within your means, but, you know, if you if you do a very good month in, in sales for your own business or whatever it is, and you, you know, you take your missus out for dinner and or you might take a, a night away somewhere or whatever, um, you know, that's that's essentially telling your brain that, you know, you work hard, you reward yourself for that, you get a taste of it, and it makes you come back on Monday and work even harder. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't go out and spend that whole weekend on a bender and friend, spend five grand of that pay, you know what I mean? But you have to live within your me- your means and say, you know, this is what I see as a reward that makes that whole month that I did worth it. Now I'm going to get back on the horse again and work even harder so I can build again for that following month. And it's the same when you think about it as as the gym, right? You're you're going into the gym to expand your muscle mass and you've got to use your mind to expand your earning capacity. So people say to me, what's my connection with bodybuilding? And bodybuilding, I came from the opposite direction. Bodybuilding taught me that, you know, with hard work, accountability and structure, you can have whatever physique you want. You can go whatever you want with it. Well, hard work, accountability and structure, if you apply that to anything in life your relationship, your family, your workplace, your career, whatever it is you put it into, you use those three principles, you will succeed at it. And I guess bodybuilding taught me that. You know, I kind of looked at it and subconsciously I went off and worked hard, had accountability and structure to everything else I did in life and somewhat that's helped me succeed in the things that I've taken on, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so... It's so important that you have that routine and structure in your life if you're one of those people like probably me and you are that can go a little bit off track <laughs> off track if we don't have that kind of accountability. Yeah, I, I, I need something there, as always, you know. Um, and, I, I, and then I'm the complete opposite. When I have my daughter, I get my daughter every weekend. So that was the agreement I had. You know, I don't care what it is. I just want to have my daughter every weekend. Turn the phone off. I don't answer the phone until Monday. Don't fucking talk to me, you know, and people know, clients know, like they'll message me and they know I won't reply until Monday morning, you know, so that way I can do these, you know, anywhere between 14 to 16 hour days through the week. Then when it's the weekend, that's my reward for myself where I don't go out and party and stuff. But when I want to give 100% to my daughter, I can do it. There's no distractions. There's no, because even, you know, because she is, she's only young, but they feed off your energy. And if you're thinking about finances or stresses or you haven't got this plan done or, Something hasn't been fixed at the gym, or you got to do this, or got to do that. They, they feel can, they can sense you're yeah. off, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sense they're smarter than you think, you know, and they feed off your energy. So, I'll, when people say to me, "Oh, your daughter's so calm, she's so well behaved," you know, people stop me all the time when I'm taking her out for breakfast and lunch and dinner and things like that. And people come up, "Oh, she's so well behaved," she's so this. I'm like, well, that's a compliment for me and her mother as well. That you know, we're always having the right energy around her to make sure she's always, I guess, performing at her best as well. 
Yeah, no. And how much has like being a dad changed your life, dude? Everyone says to you when you have a kid that you your life changes, and you try you try to expect that. I expected about one percent of what it actually happens, if that makes sense. Um, when she popped out, and you just kind of look at you, just your mind starts racing. That, and when I turned thirty, they were my two big milestones. Where just for some reason, I just thought. Very, very differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? What was, so? Give me, give me an insight. So, when you hit thirty, what? Because I had a similar premonition in my life. But what kind of changed for you when you hit that age? Did I remember there was a thing going on at my gym, and I knew they would do it, like some sort of a surprise thing. And there was a lot of people that day there, and I'm like, fuck it. You know what? I'm thirty. I don't want to see anyone today. You know, if they take that personally. Fuck him. It's, 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 my, it's my birthday. You know, and that was the first Saturday I had off. That was the first Saturday. It was a Saturday and I had it off. And um, I booked into the Sheridan. And um, yeah, I was there with my daughter and um, I had a really good weekend away. And I said, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I should be doing this every weekend. You know, I look at my income. I look at the hours that I work and... Why am I doing this every Saturday? Every Saturday morning, going down the pool area of just the, the apartments I was at, you know, taking her for a swim and a coffee and getting some breakfast and then going yeah. for a walk down the, you know, and, and doing these things. And I'm like, the fuck was I doing before this? Like, what do I have it for in the first place? I asked for her on the weekends. Not that I worked all weekend, but you do a couple of clients early on a Saturday, that turns into you finishing at one, two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, what's the point? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I still train, you know, and, She'll come at me with our train, you know, for, for an hour or two, but it forces me to get out quicker. But I guess, yeah, I guess when I turned 30, that was my key thing, was just understanding that, you know, I am 30 now and the currency is time. It's not it's not money. The currency is time. You know, what's your time worth? Yeah, I love that. I love um, that. Because you have to, you, every, every, everyone, as far as I'm concerned, from, from the time you start your, <laughs> from the time you fucking leave school, really, should put a value on the time that, that they have and where they put that time like a physical dollar value now all right when you leave school you, that dollar might and that dollar value to you might only be like 50 dollars an hour right yeah but as you get older like for me i value my time at thousands of dollars an hour. i don't want to be wasting it with just some fucking idiot down the yeah, road completely agree you know, do you know what i mean yeah, and, and, and that's and that's and that's how you have to look at it you know like your time what do you what do you put a value on your time for and um you know you're essentially missing out on something if you are giving some of your time Everything you say yes to says no to something else. Correct, yeah. So um, I guess that's what I had to do. I said, you know, if I'm going to say yes to a lot of things which I have to do in this kind of building phase in life for myself, I have to, I have to say no to it all on the weekends. How hard is it, though, to, to, to be a dad that wants to be around his daughter at the weekends, but then you, you're, you're in the pursuit of being this, you know, top, top fucking of the game bodybuilder that goes to Arnold's, that goes to all these big competitions and, and you know, medals and places. How, how, do, how, obviously, when you've got your daughter at weekends and you want to spend time with her, but you've got to build this fucking massive physique and be on diet. And I presume as well, as you fucking go through the diet, you, you know, you, you're going to, as you start cutting down calories, you're going to start getting a little bit angry. All, all this shit's going uh, on. Bodybuilding's always been easy for me, man. It's just it's clockwork, dude. It's it's routine. If you're a routine based creature, it's it's easy. Um, kids work on routine. I work on routine. Your business works on routine. Self progression. You know, you're talking about breath work and shit. That is strictly on routine. Yep. 
Yeah. So if you're a routine-based creature, you'll be a good bodybuilder, as simple as that. It's, it's not about, you know, how much weight you lift and, you know, I've, I've, I've pumped so many guys with way better genetics than me. They should be way further than what I am. And to, to call myself one of the best guys to come out of here at the moment, you know, I still don't believe that because I just know the potential that's out there. Um, there's guys that I coach way younger than me that look up to me and think I'm all this and that. And I look at them and I'm like, dude, you know, when I was your age, I was nowhere near you. Yeah. You know? But yeah. My, my thing was I just kind of kept at it. And, and, and how hard is it for me to have a daughter and do these things that I want to do? It's, it's not hard because to be a good bodybuilder as well, if you are just solely being a bodybuilder, you are toxic, you are heavily insecure you spend a heap of time on Instagram looking at everyone else. You're usually yes. talking about other fucking bodybuilders. That's why if you go on my Instagram, go find one bodybuilder that I have a photo with. Yes. I can't stand them. And um, all they ever do is just talk about fucking bodybuilding. You know, like when you leave this room, you don't want to talk about fucking podcasting or content removal. Yeah. It's yeah. your job and it's your passion, but on the weekends and you want to catch up for a coffee or a beer or a fucking drink or a meal... Talk to me about something else. Don't ask yeah. me what I'm fucking competing next because half the time you know the answer anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. For me, bodybuilding's always been in the background. It's kind of been my baseline. It's something But that, it's you know, not all of you. Yeah. No, like it's, it's as I said, it's I've just kept it there because that kind of structure has helped me fulfill the other needs that I've kind of looked to pursue with. And as I said, it comes back to hard work, accountability and structure. You know, so for me, um, bodybuilding I've always gone my best at it when I've got a lot of things on. Because when you've got a lot of things on, you have to stay true to your routine. You have to do this at this time, this at that time, this at this time. Bodybuilding really is just eating, sleeping, and training. If you're doing that, it's pretty fucking boring, and you become quite lazy. I love the fact, though, that you that you don't potentially want to be hanging around the people in the industry because you know how toxic they are. Fucking earth they are. They give, you know, the, the stereotype of the bodybuilder gives someone like me a bad name. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but... Um, as soon as I open my mouth, people always tend to say, oh, wow, you know, I didn't think you were that smart or I didn't think you were this or that. I'm like, smart, you know, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm not smart. You know, I just work hard and keep myself away from people that, that drag me down. And that's not just bodybuilders. Like me, me targeting bodybuilders is probably the wrong thing to say as well. It's, it's anyone that I see as a liability. And yeah. If you take that personally, yeah, you can take it personally. It's, it's nothing really against you. You might be an asset to someone else, but to me, you're a liability. You're a liability. Yeah. So fuck off. <laughs> you know. So I, lo- I love it because because this is this yeah. is something that I've been I've been going through, mate. It's and I tell other people to go through. It's like Instagram for argument's sake. It's like look who you're following, right? That 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 you know what I mean? Do they do, do they add value to your life or do they take value away? Do you know what I mean? If they're taking value away, don't don't feel bad for unfollowing these fuckers. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the um, same in life. Yeah, exactly, dude. You know, like I I had the girl working for me a while back. Um, she was really really good. She was a virtual assistant, and um, yeah, she was awesome. I just wasn't utilizing her as as best as I could. But um, she was helping me out with my Instagram following and went through and um, followed a heap of people just to help with my engagement and stuff. And the best thing she did, because now there's so many people there I don't follow, I don't want to go through my, my newsfeed anymore. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I open it, and I don't know anyone that I'm following, so I'm like, oh, sweet. And there's too many people to unfollow now. I'm following like three or 4,000 people. So I'm like, fuck, I'm not even going to bother unfollowing these people. It just, it just reminds me every time I go to scroll, I'm like, what am I looking for? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a timer on my phone as well where I don't spend any more than 30 minutes a day on social media, so it goes off, so I can say, all right, 
You've been fucking around. And how, how do you stick to it though? Because I, I set the timer up to do that in, in my own life, and that always go fucking way past it. Um, this is where the discipline of a bodybuilder comes in. That's yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's just one of those things. Like it's when the show's over, the show's over. You know what I mean? I I cut it, and that's it. You know, and, and, and you have to stay off it. But the, the hard thing is, man, as well, like, you have to be real. Like, if you're on your phone doing replies to people, yep. like I have to, if you're on your phone doing content, yep. you know, you could be have you could have someone filming some extra stuff for you while you're doing this. That's technically screen time. You know what I mean? So what have you actually been using your, your time on doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. if you're just talking to your mates, having a chat about shit, and the timer goes off, I'm like, yeah, fuck, that's done. But then I'll know. I will have to go on Instagram at some stage later that day to do a post. But I know when I go on there, I'm like, if you're going to go on there again, only do the post. Yeah. That's if I go over. You know? Yeah. I try, I try and keep Instagram as a platform where I go on to create content and put content out to the world rather than go on and consume other people's content. And that's why I've genuinely unfollowed a lot of people. Like I've unfollowed like 750 so far in the last 30 days. It, nothing personal on those 750 people. It's just that I can't go. It, it's just to me that if I see another 750 people in the feed, it takes me down the rabbit hole. And I know that I'm, I've got an addictive personality. So I just remove, I just remove the temptation. Yeah, exactly. You have to kind of just go on there when you're scrolling and say, what are you searching for? Because really that's what you are. When you're scrolling, you're searching. You're searching. Yeah. yeah. You're searching for something where there's that, what they call a dopamine hit or whatever the, whatever it is. You know, I don't really look too, that, that too far into it. I just look at it and say, when I start scrolling, and because that time has helped me, I don't. That time it doesn't have to go off. As soon as I do like two or three scrolls, I'm like, "What am I doing? Where's where, where's my end?" But it's just a habit, you know. It's a habit. We're all bred into us now. We're all designed to scroll. So, and we're ta- and it, and it's called a feed for a reason because it's to f- constantly feed yeah, you exactly. and keep feeding you and keep feeding you. But but there's no growth in in what they're feeding you. One one thing why I've kind of always been good with Instagram is because I've always seen Instagram. As a competitor, like so, when when I was, because I used to be the head of security for Sin City for five years, um, it's good times, and uh, I was bodybuilding while I was doing that and going to uni, and because I was coming up through the ranks, I could obviously see through Instagram who I was versing and everything like that, and I'm the first one to say I used to do that, and people say to me, you know, oh this person he looks so fucking good, you know, blah blah, I'm like. Chicks say it all the time. Oh man, how am I going to beat her? She looks amazing. I'm like, look, go to McDonald's, right? Order a fucking Big Mac. When it comes out, have a look at the fucking Big Mac, and then have a look at the picture that you see up on your screen. That's real life. What's in front of you up on the screen up there? That's Instagram. And straight away they go, oh yeah. When you say it like that, I'm like, yeah, because you're getting too caught up with bullshit. And it doesn't mean they're they're bullshitting you, but a filter is bullshit. You know, like all those things is, is all bullshit. And you're getting caught up what you think, what you see on your phone, you know. So really, and what you should do is you should be staying away from, you know, looking up at other people, comparing yourself to other people. You know, someone might have a hired Ferrari and you think, man, that guy's got a Ferrari. He's killing it. You know, I want to go follow his online course. When, it's, as I said, it's a rented Ferrari, you know. So those things work for people. They're making money. But I see straight through that kind of stuff. And I guess because I've been doing that for a long period of time, that's I guess allowed me to kind of see social media for what it is as a is a business yeah, yeah, marketing yeah. tool than what it is a thing to be consuming other people's content. 
Yeah, it's and the problem. The problem that I've always had with the, like the kind of the bodybuilding industry and why I'll follow. I'll, I'll follow obviously you because you're real. But like, there's a lot of bodybuilders out there that that keep posting content of when they looked great, but they're not really posting about what they look like now. So, so they go and they they go away on the trip and they take shitloads of content and then they post it all year round. Yeah, but they don't really look like that. So there's girls out there getting intimidated by other girls that look show ready all year round when really the truth of the fucking matter is they don't look like that. Yeah, uh, you know, and um, I see that all the time. That that's all influences, and I guess that's look. It, it obviously works for them because people fall for it, you know. And you know, if that's how you want to promote yourself and it works, you know that that that's fine. Um. I guess the demographic of people I attract are coming to me because I do tell the truth. I don't apologise for it. Um, you know, people can call me blunt or rude or whatever they want to call me, but they still have to respect me because they know if they ask for my opinion, they'll they'll get it. And um, I guess that's just what I relay with my content. You know, I, I'm a very private person. You know, although people see me as a bodybuilder and, you know, in my gym and I'm close to my daughter, no one, no one knows things about me behind the scenes so I don't go on Instagram and Facebook and promote all um, my emotional bullshit that you see people relay on there Um, and the other thing too because I don't do that I don't tend to invest into other people's shit so there's no reason for me to talk badly about anyone yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so they do their thing whatever you want to do that do it I really don't care you know that's why I, I don't judge anyone for what they do either um but yeah, look, as a, as a whole, like when I when I say that all, that's why I got nothing really against bodybuilders, or I got nothing against what people post and promote and 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 do with all that. What works for them is what works for them. What works for me is what works for me. And I feel what's happening with social media now, um, podcasting work, etc., um, etc., et is that at the start when you were doing these photos that you post year round when you go away on your trip you know you said you get yeah. ready for a show and you post all this you know to me that's like what you call polishing a turd yeah you can you can you can promote <laughs> something right you know, yeah people fall for it because they think you look that way year round yeah the good thing about social media now it's actually so flooded with that kind of stuff people are starting to see through that bullshit you know so for example like um a bad review at a restaurant yeah you can't fuck up anymore at a restaurant because it's not like I'm going to tell, you know, you and three other mates that I've got food poisoning the other night. You're going to go on social media and tell 10,000 people how fucking bad their food was and they're going to get all these shares and they're going to potentially... Decimate their restaurant. Hurt, yeah. hurt, hurt the business, you know what I mean? Same thing for coaching, same thing for whatever industry you're in, you know? So that's where I feel it is working to an advantage now where um, the, the typical person posting that kind of stuff, they only have a, a limited time where authentic content has to be posted and utilized yeah and i think i think now more than ever especially in the even in this podcasting game right there's a lot of people that are above me in the charts because they buy fake listens and this that and the other but when you go and read the reviews mate like the reviews say it all like in terms of like that their reviews and then and then how my reviews sit next to them or this and the other not this a comparison game it's just a game of like the people know the truth the people know who's getting the genuine stuff because now it's it's coming back to word of mouth old school way was word of mouth yeah yeah that's the best coming back round that's that's coming around just on a much bigger scale yeah so i I always think um the circle always does come back round you know what I mean? There's, there's there's good times and bad times, but I feel like the good times of of authentic people will shine. Yeah, and just 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 
understand that every, there's so many people out there willing to show up authentically now that if you if you choose not to, someone will someone will go and take what's provide yours. your service. Yeah. Okay? So yeah, you have to you have to cross the T's and dot the I's. You know, like as I said, like Paul Shinto before, you can get away with it because there was no one to compare yourself to. Where now, like, yeah, you can't fuck up. You know, you, if you're providing a service, you have to go over and above to get that rating where all desired, you know, that, that, that we want out of it. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. It's, it's, it's so good that we're coming back on ourselves because we need, we need that because it gives the world a little bit more clarity. Let's go into obviously the, 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 the building of the physique that you're building now to obviously go on stage, right? Because you're in prep, yeah? Um, oh, look, I've, I usually have about a three to four month resting period where I just don't really train or follow my food, you know, every year. I just kind of fully relax and let the body just get back down to normal. Do, do, do all bodybuilders have that? No. So, that's, so they they stay on all year? Yeah. I used to. But I guess the easiest way to say it is that, you know, if you speak to a chick and she's eating a thousand calories year round, right? Yeah you would say you're not going to get any leaner from doing that and you're not going to put any muscle because your body starts to become used to that. Correct? Yeah. Right? So the, and the, she might be overweight. She goes, oh, but I've been eating 1,000 calories for every year. It's like, yeah, but your body stores it. It, it. it knows, it thinks that's just normal now. So it's going to hold on to whatever it is because that's your new maintenance, maintenance point. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess on the bodybuilding front, you're gearing up year-round, you're eating up year-round, you're training year-round. Your body tends to plateau, and that's what I've noticed. You know, My body always, I would be pushing hard year-round, trying to train twice a day, always trying to seek more, where just let your body chill out for a bit. You know, like over that last three months, I probably lost 15 kilos. You know, I just made sure I kept my body fat in check and kept nice and lean and responsive, worked more on some cardio and stretching and yoga and all that kind of shit. So that's similar to what Kai Green does, doesn't he? He, he's, yeah. he was like he was like super flexible. Yeah, I, I think being flexible and injury prevention. You know, I get Cairo. I just got Cairo just before I came here. Yeah, so I was yeah, late. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I do all that kind of stuff. I get massage done every week. Um, all those things are so important. You know, for the longevity of the sport because you're beating the shit out of your body every single week, every single day. You know, yeah. so I look at it as a long term thing. Um, so then, yeah, really, I, I take three or four months off a year and just kind of. Relax, you know, if I want a few drinks or, you know, I don't really track my food, I'll just have like a breakfast, lunch and dinner when I'm hungry, I'll eat it, you know, like I'm smart with my food, I know what what's healthy. After after you've been calculating food on a plate for so long, you can kind of see like the fats, carbs yeah, yeah, and all know, that stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, it's all in your head, isn't it? And then when it's time to start back, like I started two weeks ago, I'm, I'm, I'm a bull at the gates. Because you know? you're dialed in. Yeah, you, you re- you, you've had your break, you're ready to go fuck shit up, you know, um, so... Yeah, obviously I plan to compete end of next year and get over the US and, and do all that. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's going to be a long process for that. There's a lot of preparation for that. I've got to get back and put the 15 kilos on that I lost. Fifth, so you're going to be 15 kilos heavier when you step on stage than you are what I'm looking at you right now? No, I'll probably be about two kilos heavier than what I am right now. I'll so you're going to put 15 kilos I'll, I'll, on? I'll be about 125 on stage. So you put 15 kilos on? And then you strip it back. Oh, yeah, I'll probably be up to around one thirty-five, one forty, something. Like that. That's usually what I hold. Right, and and obviously, like, how much gear do you have to do to be able to put that much weight on in that period of time? 
See, that's the question everyone asks me. Like, I've got young guys that come to me. and um, it's, a, it's a burning question that everyone has. Like, if, if I didn't ask the question, like, everyone I would like, I won the Mr. Universe in Greece when I was 21 or 22. Yeah. And, um, dude, it was, it was pretty shit, actually, because I was Australian and everyone else there was European. So, like, when I won, I got no hand claps. Just, like, Sam Pierce, the winner. Like, no one clapped. Because the guy got second was from Greece. Yeah. And then... Um, I'm surprised you won over there, mate. You know, with how bent bodybuilding is. Yeah, look, I, uh, it was pretty convincing. Yeah. Pretty convincing. But anyway, um, I got back after that, and I'm like, well, fuck, I got what it takes. Obviously, if I can win a universe title, and, you know, I just got to take more gear, and um, I'll get to where I've got to get to. So, <laughs> so, so you literally got back. Came back and, came first, back and, started and, and smashed it for about so, two months, three months, right? And, yeah, I, I was taking probably four or five times the dose what I was recommended oh, to take. Are we talking about test or what, what, what gears? What gear, so for someone who's going to compete at the level you're competing at, what, what kind of gear you got to be on? Um, or like, I, I guess this will answer your question because what I was taking the basics, everyone's heard about Decker and Test and D-Bowl like when you're in your off-season and things like that. So I was in my off-season, I wanted to put on size, so I'm like, I'll just take shitloads of it, because that's what obviously these guys in the US do, you know? And I lasted about two months, and I didn't have an appetite. I started getting fucking cystic acne on my back. My sleep was shit, I was lethargic. I got right up to about 120 kilos, and I didn't look good, it was just water weight. Yeah. Because I wasn't eating. So if you're putting on weight, right, yeah. quickly, and you're like, fuck yeah, I put on 10 kilos, but I'm only eating two meals a day, what do you think that weight really is? Like, work it out. You know, body was a dumb, not, not that fucking dumb. It's all water and fat, you know. So, um, I spoke to my coach at the time, John Davey. He, he owns all the world gyms. And I told him, he laughed. And I said, yeah, dude. Like, I was trying to impress him. Like, yeah, dude, I just, you've been on the Olympic stage. That's what I could do, isn't it? He's like, you're a fucking idiot, you know. And he said, don't do this. And then he, we brought it right back down to a quarter of what I was using at the time. And all of a sudden, my body started growing. Why? Because I started eating my food consistently. Yeah. And I started training a whole lot fucking harder. Yeah. So I was. Funny that, isn't it? You know, so. And then everyone says, oh, yeah, you know, to be that size, you know, you've got to run fuckloads of gear. It's like, no, no. Like, people don't realize just this week, I went and got an echocardiogram. Yeah. I went and got my blood glucose, the GTT levels checked. I get a full blood count with about another seven other lists um, of what's on there so I know how my testosterone, all my hormones are reacting and then from there I decide how much I've got to use. But I'm telling you right now, what I use compared to the guys that come in and see me, I use less than them. And they keep saying, oh, that's, he's full of shit, he's full of shit. And I'm like, well, how did I have a kid a week after Arnold she was conceived? A week after my Arnold's Pro Show, my recent one that I did in 2019, she was conceived. Yeah. If I was banging as much gear as what everyone says I was, how the fuck was she conceived? Because she came out looking like me, so it's not someone else's kid. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? but here's the thing, right? So I, I I I know what you say is true because I was watching a I was watching an interview of Ronnie Coleman, right? And Ronnie Coleman stated that and I fully believe Roddy Coleman when he says this, he says that when I, when I was at my best, I take, I was taking less gear than the average person that goes to the, to the local yeah, gym. Yeah, it's true, man. Like, and, and that's what I mean. Like I, now I'm pro. I talk to the guys in the US, you know, like 
Um, Sean Roden, who recently passed away from his heart attack, you know, like, and people say, oh, do you reckon that was from gear? I'm like, I know, he, he only ran gear for three months a year, getting ready for a show, that was it. That was it. He had previous heart problems that no one else just tends to ask the question about first. They just think he must be just run fuckloads of gear at a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Look, yeah. gear probably didn't help it. Yeah, but he didn't fucking have a heart attack from the copious amounts of gear. You know, there's, there's so many guys I've versed, younger guys I've I've, I've coached, and they they're using fuckloads of shit, and they just don't believe me. I'm like, this is why I can comp- I competed for three years naturally before I did any of this shit. You that, serious? That, that, that dude from America that approached me. I competed him only when I was natural for three years. Fuck. So I learned what hard dieting and fucking training was. And I realized, okay, that's what it is. So obviously when I started boosting... There's not many kids that can say that. Well, when I started boosting up, that's when you realize, like, yeah, it helps. But it's not the fucking be-all and end-all. You know, it's just, unfortunately, people just tend to think it's gear because bodybuilders admit to taking it. Now, don't get me wrong. There is guys that use shit loads of stuff. But they're not the best guys. Really? No way. No fucking way. So, the, so you reckon then the best guys in the world right now in your game are running less gear than a local guy down the world, Jim? To a certain extent, yes. <clears throat> if we're talking about the local guy at the world, Jim, that I'm thinking about versus what you're thinking about, yeah, fuck yeah. I, I, I remember guys just saying to me, you've got to take two grams of test and a, and a, and a gram of trend and 100 mega D-bowl a day. I can go on all day about doses. Yeah. You know, I could name and shame fuck loads of people too. Um, but I'm not about that. They just obviously don't know themselves. So when I get come out and, and called a liar, it's like, no, you know how good it is that I just went and recently freeze sperm and it only took me four weeks to get fertile for it? Now, either my gear's fake or I just don't run what you fucking think I run. When I come off for four months a year, I come off for four, usually four months. I come off for three months this time. Three to four months every year, I do it. When yeah. I cruise and I get blood tests every three months and things like that, I fucking do it. So I make sure everything's always working how it is. Yeah, so yeah, I went and got sperm frozen and I had five tubes first go, frozen, high quality. Fuck yeah. You know, and, 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 and apparently gear makes you infertile. Well, I, I reckon that's because you're a bald legend though, not because well, of the gear. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 that's actually scientifically proven as well. Yeah, you got, but, mate, 100%, if you're a bald geezer, you have higher testosterone than geezers of hair. 100%. Yeah, true, yeah. 100%, bro. Um, so then, you know, people come back and say, oh, but, you know, are you bald now because of the gear? It's like, man, I had hair right up until about fucking my daughter was born, you know, um, probably the stress from that maybe, or the fact that my dad's bald. Yeah. His dad was so, bald. So my mum's dad was bald. Her brother's fucking bald. So maybe, maybe it could be genetic, but let's just say it's the gear. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. People, yeah. people are always the first thing to to to, to, to question that. See, I used to be like a bit anti gear and all that stuff until I started to meet more people like yourself that do it, and then I've had more open conversations about it. And that's why I want to have the conversation about it and and what kind of trajectory you're on now because it opens it up to people to think of it as different. Like, because every fucking performance athlete in the world takes gear. They do. Every sprinter. Every fucking elite level boxer, I promise you, I swear to God, look at fucking Canelo, right? Dude, I've written, I've written cycles for some of them, right? Now, these guys all work hard, but they yeah. all do it. Yeah, it's like, it's like when I see that right. when I get the cyclists and they get done for it, I think it's so unfair because I'm like, they were all doing it. That's why they didn't re-give the medal to anyone else because they were all doing it anyway. So to take it off him in the first place is fucking bullshit, right? 
Um, essentially, what gear does and why it gives a bad stereotype to people is because people get into bodybuilding for the wrong reasons, right? I got into bodybuilding because I like the lifestyle of it. That's why when people say COVID has come, right? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about shows? I don't give a fuck about shows. I still follow my diet and train because I like doing it. It keeps me in routine. Yes. And it allows yeah. me to do everything else. Other people now compete. It should be on the fucking signing waiver when you sign up to a gym. Do you want to compete even though you've never trained before? Because it's a, it's 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 fashion now. It's a, it's a fad. People yeah. want to do it. Which is great that it's growing, but people are doing it for validation more than what they are doing it for the love of it. Yeah, they want so to be IFPB pro in their Instagram bio. And they've never done a show, been to a show, or trained the gym for longer than a week, or followed a diet for longer than a day. So the problem with that is that when you start mixing hormones with already such a weak mentality, you become more of a weakling. So if you're a fuckwit in the first place, you it enhances big, it. You, you're a bigger fuckwit. If you're insecure, you're going to become more insecure. If you're arrogant, you're going to be more arrogant. You know, it's the same thing. Like whatever you are in that first place, or whatever the reason why you were getting into it, that's what you will turn into it more so. A lot, a lot of people in your industry though that are building these outside, big outside physiques are soulless inside anywhere. They should have done the inside work before they even got in the gym, but they've just took the gear to build the outside to look like a fucking Superman. All the gear and no idea. That's yeah. what I call them. You know, they, that's why they can't hold a conversation about anything else except for someone else. You know, that's why I say to people, you know, when I talk about this or whatever, and I say, name one, one, name one person that I've dropped, you know, one, one person I've spoken badly about. Because I don't talk about other people. You, know, you, you, you would never know anyone that I hate because I don't talk badly about them. And there's people that fucking I can't stand. But you'd never know about them because I don't care enough to talk about them. You know, where I find people, in the, not just bodybuilders, people in the fitness industry just tend to just rag shit on people all the time. And they're heavily insecure and they're not comfortable with their own skin, hence why they have to constantly bring people down. But you're never going to be the tallest building by knocking down other buildings. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So um, when, when you get gear mix involved with these type of people... It amplifies the shit out of it. Yeah. That's why for me, gear is just always, I've just seen it as a performance enhancer. I can come off it. It doesn't affect me. Don't get me wrong. It's shit that when I'm not walking around 135 because I like being you know big and robust and hard and training and things like that. But when it's time to come off, it's time to come off. And there's going to be a time where I've got to come off and finish it forever. You Did know, like it's like any sport. It's, it's limited. It's not a forever fairy tale. You know, it's, you will have to come off it one day. And... For me, it's never really been a problem. Like, that's why I can come off and when I feel like it's time to come off, just come off. It is what it is. So in this cycle that you're in right now, obviously leading up to a show, what kind of what kind of things do you have to take like right the way through and, and kind of what are the doses of that to get you to where you're going? Doses of it. Doses vary. You know, like someone my size, um, I'm trying to give it as layman's as possible because I know you have a, a big crowd of people listening to this and watching this. So I want to make sure I can kind of speak in layman's terms. But you would, you wouldn't, I never really like to go over say 1500 megs total of everything, you know, where guys will use two gram, two, two megs, two grams of test just to get started, you know, <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're, they're amateurs, you know, but um, for me, you know, if you're getting, you know, quality stuff, you know, and, and we, all you really kind of work through is, is just your different esters and how they release and, um, I guess what what binding agents work with each other and um, as soon as you kind of know that formula, um, that's what you use. So really me saying to you what a cycle is, like the cycle that you works for you versus me is completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's why if I go out and say that, you know, I use, um, you know, Deca, Mastron and Test, 
in in one cycle, guys will go fuck. That's what I got to use. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, not, no, it's not. It's it's not. You need to. But but I just want to. I just want to make it abundantly clear as well. You get your you get your bloods checked, and you get all your all your blood work and your and your your, your cardiograms and all that all that shit done before you. Phone, bro. Before you even before you even d- just do ask all that, that question shit. again. Yeah. Just ask that question again. I'll tell you. Which which question? I'll just um. Just to make it clear, you get I get my bloods and everything done, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. We're um, we're, we're, we're we're live. I'll leave it, I'll leave it unedited. Okay, you're sweet, right? Yeah, I'll just um, leave it unedited. I don't, I don't I don't edit fuck all. No, I'll just give you the list of what I what I got done just this week. So complete blood count, um, LFT liver test, KFT kidney test, cholesterol carriers, DHT testosterone, estrogen, iron studies, blood sugar. Um, I got an echocardiogram done this week. Um, got a fertility test done two weeks ago, where I, this time I actually did freeze sperm. That's every yeah. three months. Echocardiograms once a year. Do most bodybuilders freeze sperm? Sperm because they're worried about like I did. Yeah, there's Just, still side effects, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, my hair yeah. loss, for example. That was probably enhanced. A, yeah, accelerated. You know, um, but I was gonna. It's gonna happen anyway. So instead of having it forty, I probably got it at thirty. Um, but yeah, same thing with. Um, being fertile, just because I pumped a kid out a week after Arnold's, doesn't mean it could affect me long term. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that doesn't mean it's going to affect me long term. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I yeah. still want to have that insurance policy. You know, maybe later in life, you want other kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, although you know, it might be you know a year down the track. It might be ten years down the track. It might be t- my, my, my dad had me when he was 48, and my brother at 50. If I do want to go down that path at that age. I want to make sure I still have an insurance policy that if I, you know, if I'm with someone, I can't get them pregnant. That could yeah, be an age yeah, thing, dude. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, trying yeah. to get someone pregnant at 50 is going to be hard as it is. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still open to it. You know, that's what kept my dad young. You know, he's almost 80 now and he's still kicking hard because he's got different generations of kids and grandkids that force him to keep young. So Yeah, he's got a purpose, yeah. Yeah, so my thing, you know, I'm I'm definitely not closed off to having kids later in life. So I just want to make sure if I ever did go on that path for whatever reason, it's there. And yeah. now when I go compete and do the things I've got to do, I don't have anything in the back of my mind saying, should I have done that? Yeah. You know? Some of the some of the, some of the guys that I know, especially in like the Instagram world that have a bit of a following, are struggling right now because they, they hit gear so hard and they didn't do what you did. And they hit it so hard that they've got gyno and they've got all sorts of shit going on. They lost their balls. They're, they're, they're fucked. They're, all their hormones are out. Because they're not speaking to the right people, like, like, yeah. like. For, so take me for instance, right? If I was going to get go and get bang on the gear, you think I'm going to come? I'm going to come and ask you about it because I'm not going to just go in there blind. But not, a lot of people go in there blind, completely fucking blind. Well, unfortunately, when people come to me and I say, you know, let's just start you off on two fifty mega test, or if you're experienced, let's start you on five hundred mega tests, you know. Um, and they go, oh, but, you know, I, I've heard I've got to do this, this, and this, and this. I'm like, well, we, we, we can, you know, but let's just start. Actually, when someone first comes to me, I say, get off everything you, you're doing. Let's just go four to eight weeks and see what your body responds with food and training first to see if that's working correctly. Yeah, 100%. And your body's working correctly. Then we'll talk about... Because most people are under-eating, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, you know, so let, let's just see what's happening there first. Then we can talk about it. They get discouraged and they go, oh, fuck, you know, I'd just rather be told what I want to hear by I'll make the gym who's never competed, or he's probably done one show and fucking stood at the back of the stage, um, has no idea what the fuck he's talking about, and just because he says, oh, yeah, but I know a guy, and he gets the best shit, and, you know, let's just run this and this and this. People want to hear that, and that's with anything. People people 
want to be told things and they'll look for that answer because they get told by that right person. They listen that person, off they go. In turn, fox and long term. You know, and really these days there's so much education out there and, and good quality coaches out there. It's not just me doing it. You know, if you sift through the bullshit, there's plenty of good people out there that can give you quality advice. You know, back when I first started, you know, in those first two years until I met John, I was just listening to fuck what's in the gym. You know, and where are they now? Fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, because and another thing is it's not just about the gear that you take and 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 how much gear you take it's all it's also about like wh- where you put it and how you train when you're on it because there's a lot of people walking around that take gear they've got no fucking legs <laughs> do, yeah, you they know? Got, do you know what I mean yeah and don't get me wrong we have weak body parts you know we genetically we have weak body parts but um yeah these guys just get on the gas there's there's no uplift to them because as i said they they rely on the gas instead of using it as performance enhancer yeah, you know, like all these, all these top athletes. You just said to me before, right? All these, um, all sports take it. All high end, hundred percent people in the Olympics like, have to. Like, like have uh, to. Uh, your sports doctor for the for the Australian Olympic team is trying to f- find ways that are still legal to help Hun- you perform better. That's what they're there for. Hundred hundred percent. Why else do you need a sports doctor? There's there's there's, right? there's um, not a, there's not a chance there's not a chance in a month of Sundays that the Australian swimming team aren't on gear. Okay, so when they first started swimming in the pool in their teenage years, were they on gear? No, they no. fucking worked no, hard. They, and worked, they worked hard, hard and they, until they made it to a top level. They met a sports doctor, and you know they're bending the rules, and um, they cycle on, cycle off. And look, like it's 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 no discredit to them because no, I know hundred percent when you use it, they have to work so much harder. You know that's what people don't get. Like to if you're going to be at that level and you're going to know deep down that the Russian team, the China team, and all, all these guys are using it, you're going to be like, well, fuck, I've got to work even harder. Like when, when I was natty from when I got on the gear myself, the difference in physiques that I saw, I'm like, fuck, man. I've got to, I've got to, it's not just about this. I've got, to, I've got to step up. Like These guys are fucking nuts. And that's the same thing. Like When I did my first pro show, I went from winning every show I did in the amateurs and cleaning up. And I'd do a, go to a pro show, and I got fucking pumped. I got 12 out of 14. Last call out. It's never happened to me in my whole career. I'm like, I was just sitting there, not disappointed. I was just shocked. I'm like, holy shit. Like, these guys aren't... It was like my realisation too. Like, maybe I had a 1% thought in there. Maybe it was still the gear, you know? It was that realisation for me when I looked at them. I go, these guys are just fucking next level. They yeah. train and they live and fucking breathe this shit. Yeah, and that, and and gear doesn't gear doesn't make the athlete. That's what a lot of people... A lot of people say gear makes you a winner. No, it doesn't. It's like... But like... It, it's like it's like the swimmers that I'm talking about, yeah, and and no one will ever no one will ever admit that, but it's a fucking fact. But let's just let's just take that. How the fuck it, these these are naturally gifted people that have worked hard their whole life, and and they've got to go and compete with the like you say the Russian and the Chinese team that have all that are all genetically modified and and in fucking enhanced in mm. in some area. You c- you can't beat kids if you if you don't even out the playing field. And exactly. at the high at the highest of heights you cannot be and that's why and that's why this this also sounds harsh but at the end of the day if you know you 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 you're aware of bodybuilding right but you're not a <clears throat> a diehard fan like yeah like everyone else but yep. you're aware of I'm aware of it you yeah. could you could name a Mr Olympia for me right now couldn't you yeah Ronnie Coleman Ronnie Coleman name J- the, Jay Cutler name the natural Mr Olympia just one of them 
See, exactly. Yeah, but you know my, 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 my favourite was Frank Zane. No, so he's not natural. Yeah, I know he's not no, natural, but, but he, what I'm, my point he's probably closest to looking. My, my, my point is, right, is that no one gives a fuck if you're natural, yep. right? Everyone knows Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler were using shit, and yep. the crowds feel to watch them, right? Yeah. So I guarantee you, if you could see someone run 100 metres in four seconds... No one would go to the Natural Olympics anymore. <laughs> Everyone would tune in to see, I want to see this fucking guy run yeah, in, in four, four seconds. seconds yeah. I want to see a swimmer swim 50 metres yeah. in, in five seconds. Like, that's what people that. will pay to see. And yeah. all of a sudden, the drug thing will go out the window. Unfortunately, again, society shames it so badly, but in reality, they're all doing it. So if you just let it run an open field, let doctors study and become doctors to watch them safely. Yeah. Right? right? It, you know... And people say, oh, but they can die from it. Well, look at an F1 driver. That's one of the most fucking dangerous sports. I'm not, and I'm guaranteed an F1 Formula 1 racing driver would have a higher chance of fucking dying than a swimmer cycling on throughout their career to have a faster swimming time if they have a doctor's supervision as well. 100%. But I, what, what I like, I've been reading a lot into like uh, people that take like uh, what Lance Armstrong was taking was like, he was on like a fucking human... human Growth hormone is like on IP, like EPO, EPO, yep. like blood blood transfusions and stuff. Like, but this, but actually, it all sounds like dark arts. But when you actually read into the um, read into the, the the papers behind some of these things that he was on, they actually they actually make you look younger. They make you feel better. They make you perform better. They, they actually enhance your health. Well, that's the thing, you know. People don't realize for, for males. You know, if your testosterone is too high, it can be risky to your health. But if your testosterone is too low, it can be extremely risky for your health. It can ruin so, your girlfriend's life too. <laughs> yeah, fucking it can. So yeah, you should have, if your test is low, you should be taking some sort of supplement test yeah. to get to a certain level. HGH. Um, HGH is, is known for anti-aging. If you go to anti, any anti-aging clinic, HGH is, is one of the main things they use for that, you know, provided you fit within their, um, yeah, it's all their just, scale it's, to prescribe, you know. It's, so, it's all just dosage, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, unfortunately, as I said, the bad stereotype comes from people using and abusing, and they think more is better. But more is, is not better. It's just the right formula for that person under the right supervision and um, getting the correct tests done to make sure you're always healthy for, for longevity. You know, I still want to make sure that one day I can do whatever I want with my daughter if she grows up. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, I want to have kids later on in life. You know, so that's my first priority is making sure that I'm always healthy. That my sport is an extreme sport, and I understand that. But I look at the the longevity of things. Have you noticed from running human growth hormone yourself that like it's actually like in terms of, like enhanced like the like, anti aged you kind of thing? Like, have you noticed any? What what are the benefits you've noticed from it? Not really, do people still think I look like I'm fucking forty when I'm thirty? <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right. My skin. Is tighter and and you know I, I guess since I started doing that, but yeah, look, there's 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 all great health benefits to using it, um, and there's there's effects if you use too much of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, look, as a whole, I think I I think there's and and there's there's great drugs out there as well, like um, you know metformin for insulin sensitivity and anti aging as well. Um, that doctors are starting to kind of figure out now that it's not just used for diabetics. Um, but again, we can, that's a whole another story, but you know, I'm, like when I've listened to different podcasts and stuff now, you hear about 
high-end businessmen using metformin and, and, and human growth hormone. They don't, they don't train. They're just using it for their anti-aging and general health. Yeah. You don't have to be a bodybuilder to use this shit is what I'm saying. You yeah, I, I, I just, the way I see some of the drugs that we're talking about right now is no different to a girl that goes and gets fucking injectable fillers. Right, essentially, she's trying to she's trying to anti-age herself, and there's and there's a lot of there's but there's more there's more. This is those are toxins that you're putting in your body to make yourself look anti-aged. What we're talking about here are some things that are proven to actually enhance you, but are also pretty much safe if you take the right amount of dosage. Yeah, like the usual people that are that are criticising this as well are the guys that are out at Sin City. I'd see every weekend doing the cocaine, spending fucking money on bags all night. You know. That's the fucking worst thing for your aging, you know, being up all night, having benders, drinking, partying, doing the same shit, saying, you know, that you're ruining your life. And I'm like, well, am I? Like, I follow a diet. I go to bed early every night. I'm in a good routine. I'm working hard on my craft and working hard on everything else. Um, if that's your version of bad, I just let you do your thing. What is the daily routine? Run it down for me, like, from, from, from wake up to go to bed. Like, what is the daily routine for you? Wake up for me, I usually have, you know, I always spend about an hour or two to myself on my self-work, you know, so my my morning routine usually involves some sort of low-intense cardio. Yep. Reading, meditation, breath work, gratitude. Uh, They're they're big things I try and include every single day. Um, So... not many people have heard a bodybuilder say that they do breath work and they do and they do gratitude and they, do you know what I mean and reading in in the morning like there's not there's not many people that hear in bodybuilders say this yeah I, I do that every single day um, and then I start on my own work for the business that I work on the business this is where I cut out all my five I, five a.m. to seven a.m. clients I work on the business through that time where I know the phone's not going to ring yep you know so. I, work hard on my business and then I get stuck into my calls, consultations, or I still do some PT work as well out of the gym. Um, and I just go flat out from there till about 6pm at night. Stop in between, obviously, for my meals. Train about 6.30ish, finish up about 8.30 at night. Get my last meal, obviously, and hit the sack and redo it all over again. The only difference on my Saturday and Sunday, I just train early morning. Uh, bring the baby in. I've just got a new puppy as well, so they're best friends. So I keep them busy while I'm um, while I train in the morning, and then I still follow my meals for the rest of the day on the weekend. I just don't work. That's it. I just go and if I want to take in the park, go to wet and wild, do what I've got to do. Yeah, I leave that free. Yeah, and how many and how many times do you like train each body part? Are you do you break it down where you go like upper upper day and then lower day, or do you or do you, just depends what I'm trying to seek for that moment. For me, I'm always trying to work on my craft and have an equal physique. So. It could be a body part every single week. It yeah. could be multiple body parts in one day. Um, it's like how you asked me before, what's what's the best cycle to use? Like it's kind of like what's the best training to use? How long is a piece of string? Yeah, you know, it depends what your what your just, phase and and, and, yeah. and and what's best for you in that certain time. You know, obviously at times where my calories are going to get a lot higher soon, I'm going to go through and putting weight back on. I just let it happen, you know. So lower volume, heavier weight, let the body respond in that six way. to eight reps. Yeah, yeah, along those lines, yeah, yeah. So what, what, you know, obviously now we're going, you're going into a phase where you're putting on 15 kilos, right? Mm. What kind of, what kind of weight would you squat now and, and what are you looking to squat? Do you know what I mean? Um, 
I well, fuck, I've, I've, I've squatted up to six plates for eight reps. You know, that's always a good move for me. I deadlift up to seven plates, bench press up to four plates, you know. But now, and what I tell everyone, it's just you have certain mechanical pathways that work well with your physique, and that's what you've got to stick to. You know, like, just because I'm good at squatting doesn't mean it's great for my quads. Yep. You understand? But you still have to do some sort of squatting pattern, but it might be a Smith machine squat, a hack squat, a V squat, a front squat. You know, you just have to kind of figure out what pathway is best for you because obviously your levers will be different to mine versus to hers versus to his, whatever it is, you know what I mean? And when you figure out what works for you, you stick on that and you progress on it. You get stronger at it because a stronger muscle will always be a bigger muscle. It doesn't mean you have to hit it for one rep. You know, you, time on attention is not time on attention where it's, Slow reps like this all day, that's not time and attention. Time and attention is getting a fucking weight and lifting it for as long as you can with proper execution. It's as simple as that. You don't have to complicate it. It's old school. You just hit the hit the numbers, make sure you progress every time, and when you milk it and then you obviously you reach a plateau without certain exercise, it's time to change things up. Yeah. I, I, when, I, when I was watching, again, like Ronnie, someone like Ronnie Coleman, he, it, was, it was like so old school, but it's so so relevant and it just obviously he's he's he, he probably does it a little bit harder than probably you're you're a bit more probably a bit more smart on how you lift the weights rather than how ronnie was because he's fucked himself seven yeah. ways from sunday but he literally just went in and was like right i gotta i gotta shift that much weight and i just gotta keep lifting it until i can't lift it no more yeah dude i guess what's happened over the years is we've obviously learned from guys like him what works and what also what really doesn't work um long term um but the main thing I've noticed throughout this whole journey, man, is that as I've become more serious with this shit, it becomes far more basic. The training, the gear, the food, there's no secret remedy. It's just routine and execution, what works well for you, hard work, accountability, and structure. That's it. Don't have to go on I think there, there, There's no right exercise for anyone. There's no right training program. You just got to fit that. The hardest part is just figuring out what works best for you. And then you just stick to it, and you don't, yeah, you don't change it because it's been four weeks or six weeks. And and people you can know? apply people can apply that analogy to their business, to their mindset, to anything. Just find out what works for you, and and implement that in your life, and Correct. you know, and, and stick with it. It's not. It's like I've asked you about a whole array of questions about the gear and all this, that, and the other. But it's like, and like you say, you could you could tell me sixteen different fucking ways. But it's like whatever works for my body works different for your body, and it's just like it's like the whole yeah. Game. The hard part is just figuring that out through trial and error. Yeah, and once you figure that out, you you know, you find that right formula and you stick with it and you go with it. Ronnie Coleman did the same routine when he, for all his eight Mr. Olympias, didn't change his diet once, just did the same thing training wise, and I assume gear wise. And he was eight-time Mr. Olympia. You know, once you find your remedy, you just, you go ahead, use it, works, stick to it. And as you said, sticks to business, everything else. Don't, don't, don't fix what, what isn't broken. Yeah. When you go out to America, do you, do you look to surround yourself with the, with the absolute best in the game or do you, or do you keep yourself to yourself? And Everything I do, I always hang around people better than me. Yeah. I don't, so the, the, the five people I stick close to, have better family values than me, make more money than me, and a better bodybuilders than me. That's it. So that way, I'm always striving to be like them. That is that is so clinical that people just get what just Sam's just said there. 
because it's so fuck it. If you implement that into any point in your life, you just can't go fucking wrong. And that's the thing. Like, then that way, if I'm always the bottom, I call myself a bottom feeder. If I'm always the bottom feeder, I'll always be accountable to myself. There is no way you'll ever hear me blame someone. They could, I could have a staff member working in the gym and fuck something up, right? It's my fault. I hired the staff member. Yep. You know? Accountability and, and owning the fact that everything that happens to you is your fucking fault. As soon as, you ac- as soon as you accept that, you can't go fucking wrong. Exactly. There's always, you can always relay it back to you somehow and there's a learning lesson out of it and that's why when people say to me, oh, do you think negative when you say, you know, you're expecting something bad to happen? It's like, no, I just want another challenge. It's a challenge for me. It's a, it's a learning curve. You know, things in life are going too good. At the moment, things in life are going too good. I'm waiting for something to fucking happen to me that's going to be bad. I don't think that way. Well, guess what? It can happen. And it will happen. And I want to be ready and ready to attack it and laugh and go, fuck, all right, this is the challenge. Is this, is this all? Is this it? Yeah. And I go and hammer it. And that's how I bounce back every single time. I sit there and cry about it and whinge about it. Don't get me wrong, we pissed off and something happens. But as soon as I have my, my little tanty, you know, then I'm like, all right, face up. How are you going to fix it? You just want that. You just want to, you just want to prepare yourself it. for the challenge. I, I, I need it. Life's boring otherwise. I was to sit at home in, in Cockmore and, and not leave the house. I need these challenges, you know, because I know it's growth. Challenges are growth. You know, you, you go to the gym, you know, you want to talk meathead talk, you go to the gym, you put yourself in pain, you know you're going to grow from it. I see, you know, you, you're, you're a boxer at heart, you know, so when you're out of breath and you feel like you're going to die, you don't love it at the time, but when you get in your car and drive home, you go, fuck yeah, that was good. Because you know you're better for it. Yeah. Yeah, awful, all, mate. I swear by boxing training because of just how, of how pure and beautiful it is in terms of like, for your, it, 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 it's just, it just, it teaches you everything like the flow. You got the cardiovascular in there, and you just cannot think of bullshit that's going on outside. Externally. Yeah, if you're off, you get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, and right. and and it's just, it's just, it's just like it's a complete. You completely take yourself to a different place. So, so like boxing as a training aspect should be what everyone does because it's like a form of meditation, like similar to what weights is to you. Yeah, correct. And I, I, I love any kind of boxing, MMA, anything like that. I just obviously can't do it now, but I used to do a lot of it in my amateur years. I just can't do it now because, you know, if, if I'm hit the pads with someone and they, and I miss the pad, my shoulder's out. Yep. You know what I mean? Can't, so I just, I just, yeah, that's, that's the only shit thing, you know, with, with me now. Like, if I, I, I love playing tennis, I love kicking a football. So you have to give up a lot of stuff to pursue this bodybuilding game. Yeah, yeah. It's like anything, you know, like, it's like any sport. They can't go out and play other sports because there's a risk of tearing something. Yeah. So that's the only shit and, thing. And, that, and also, let's be honest, right? You're conditioning your muscles and your tendons to, to move in a certain way, and boxing is a completely different way. Well, dude, I just, um, I went wakeboarding on the weekend. Me just when I fell off the board and swimming back, did a frog kick, pulled my right adductor. That's what I was just getting worked on the Cairo just there because obviously I don't do that movement. You don't do that movement, you know I mean? yeah, so yeah. It's not a pattern. I didn't tear it, but I could feel it go, and I'm like, oh, what was that? Yeah, and and that's that. You, you know, you that's why when you're conditioning yourself to 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 operate in a certain box, you know, when you can't, especially when you're competitive like you are, you can't step out of it at a certain points. No, you know, but that's why I'm always ready to do those things for when I finish. I know this is a a, a timeline and it will finish at some stage and I'd love to get back on those things when I finish. So tennis, ha- tennis, surfing, boxing, jiu-jitsu, you know, all those things. How, how long you got left? I've always given myself 
very real expectations. So if I didn't win a show when I was natural, I'd never get on the gear. Yep. If I didn't win a national title by the time I was 23, I'm finished. If I don't turn pro by 25, I'm finished. If I'm not on the Mr. Olympia stage by the time I'm 30, I'm finished. Now, 32 now because COVID fucked me for two years, so I'm going to say 32. So if I'm not on the Olympia stage by 2023, I'm out. And people will say, oh, you know, are you, are you quitting? I'm like, no, it's No, not you just had a fucking good go, didn't it's you? It's just, you know, I, I give it 100%. I give it 100% for me in that time, but I'm not going to be one of those battlers just turning up you know, come and last at shows, you know, it's not, people say, oh, you know, just, why don't you just do, do it to have fun? I don't have fun losing, you know, like, losing teaches me my, my, my best lessons, but fuck, I don't want to keep losing and paying money and missing on quality time and that I could be spending with my daughter and shit, you know, they're, they're big sacrifices, you know, so for me, um, I'm giving myself two years to make the Olympic stage, if I do, then yeah, I'll continue on, if I don't, I don't, it is what it is, like, it, I don't, I don't love it that much that I, I love to compete just for the sake of competing. You know, it's, the funny part is the actual last week where I got to exfoliate and tan and do all that shit. I fucking hate that whole peak week bullshit. Can't stand it. It's it's a it's just I just want to get up there and do it. And you know, I'm competitive. I like that part, but the whole lead up in that last week is just a fuck around. You know, so for me, you're fucking hungry. You're fucking dying. Yeah, by the by the end of it, you're over it. You, I don't care who you are. You're over it. So. You know, as I said, two years to make it to the Olympia from next year, so 2022 and 2023, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I can walk away and say I'm very, very happy. What, with what's it. the percentage chances of it happening in your estimation? 100%. I like it. And when you, and when you get there, I guess, I guess for in me, the condition that you know you can get in, what... You know, is it, is, it, is it something that you kind of... You have to get there and experience, or... Do, uh, or do you think do you think you could literally get on there and win it win it in the first fucking? Well, it's attempt? like it's like when I did my first Arnold's. When, when you go from being an amateur to Arnold's, it's like going from playing for the Burley Bears to go play for the Queensland Maroons. I haven't actually done a pro show where I'm playing in like the NRL, right? Do you know what I mean? I've yep. leapfrogged that. Yeah, that's why I got pumped in my first year. You know, but they allow you to do it because you're Australian. You put bums on seats. Yeah. Um, so Tony was very kind to to give me that opportunity to be against literally the best in the world. Like the top six of the top six of Mr. Olympia, you know, and that was my first show. So I'm, I'm backstage with these guys. I'm like, holy shit, man, these guys are fucking nuts. So, but I said, you know, if I'm going to do this show, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get a top six or a, or a first call out. Just don't come dead last. Otherwise, you're out. I got 12th out of 14. So I said, okay, well, the following year, if you're going to do it again. You got seventh, didn't you? You got seventh. So I said, you've got to get a top 10. You have to get top 10. Otherwise, you just don't have it. Got seventh, so I kind of said to myself, "Sweet, you know, I just have these realistic goals to say to myself, you know, if you're if you're at your best, is what I mean too. Like if you if I know I'm at my best, like I was those two years, and I got dead last, dude, you just knock on the head, yeah, yeah wake up to yourself. Not knowing knowing when to quit and when you've had enough of the game, and know like literally knowing when your ladder's leant against the wrong wall is that self awareness is a skill." And this and self awareness is a skill that every human, whether you're in business, life, whatever you're trying to achieve, has to learn that self awareness. You have to be honest with yourself. Like but here's the other thing, Frankie. People like to compete. People like to go there and get last. I don't know how they do, but they like it. Ronnie Coleman was getting last for like five years before he won a show. 
and he had guys that he was eventually beating. I'm saying, dude, what are you doing this for? You're coming around the world to come last. And he's like, I just love it. Now he ended up being the best ever, right? But for some people, that, that that's a very very low percentile chance for that to happen. He was a ge- he, he, so, so for he me, had the genetics as well, though, bro. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. He just he just needed time. Other people live in that same dream, dude. The dream's over, you know. But if you like to compete just for doing it, that that's all good. That's cool. that's yeah, just yeah. not me, you know. Like I, I'm a winner. I want to progress. I don't want to see how far I can go with something, and I give it a hard crack, and then that way I won't be sitting at the pub when I'm fucking seventy years old saying, "Oh, I could have, should have, fucking done that." You know, if I if I went further, I could have been this. No one gives a shit. You know, I I went as hard as I could. That's where I made it. That's that. Mate, to, to to have placed where you've placed, obviously seventh in an Arnold Classic, it's not a fucking bad achievement anyway. If that's if that if that was your lot, yeah. But you know, I don't put that on my Instagram because you're still a loser. Second's the first loser, dude. You know, and I, I'll never brag about shows that I got second at or seventh at. It's like I, I made progression, great, but you're still a loser. Yeah. You know, if if you're in the business world and you and you do a job and you're you're the you're the seventh best at your job. Well, guess what? You won't be making the income that you want to make. But am I? Am, but am I right in thinking though that obviously mu- muscle muscle takes time to not only build but refine and to get the and to, and to get and to get like the grain and all that and all the detail and the feathering that you get in the muscle, right? So surely, even when you get to on this Olympia stage, you're going to be competing against some of the most refined animals in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and look, when I get to the Olympia, it's just to get to the Olympia first. Yeah, and then obviously, if I get to, if I qualify for the following year, then yeah, you got to try and get a top ten. What's what's yeah? That's that's what I'm saying. So like, what's the top? It, it, on average, for for someone at that level, what is the time frame between getting to the Olympia and being able to eat, being able to to be in the top one, two, three. Oh, man, you got guys that can be in, in, in the top five, which is proven between 25 to 30, if they're genetically gifted in that way, and their life is bodybuilding. That's the other thing, too, like, not to make excuses, but when you, a lot of these guys do just eat, sleep, and train. They have sponsorships, and that's their job, to just be a bodybuilder. And when, you know, if you if you look at, I look at my, she's almost two years old now, she's grown so much. Why? Because she sleeps all the time. If you had that time to just eat, sleep, and train, you could do it. But I, I personally don't want to do that. So you do put yourself at a disadvantage. That's not taking anything away from them, though. They're genetic freaks, and they fucking work hard. So for me, it's it's going to be a later process. So for me to kind of get that level, I know I need a good probably four or five years to kind of be up there, around there. And bodybuilding is an old man's sport. You know, it does take time. Like Sean Roden won his first Olympia at 43. You know, so as long as you be smart about it and live the lifestyle like... I'm promoting. Um, you can do it for a very long time. Yeah, you got some longevity there. Yeah. Nah, it, it's 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 fucking so there's so much fucking to it. And and do you think being Australian being Australian like leaves you at a weakness because of the, like the probably lack of sponsorship you get compared to like the Americans? I don't really chase sponsorships because you're working for someone else. Sponsorship isn't a sponsorship. You're working for someone. You have requirements. Right. So although they're sponsoring you to do something, you still have requirements for that. So for me, I'd rather, instead of relying on something that's going to end when my bodybuilding career ends, I'd rather start something now so when my bodybuilding career ends, I've still got that income coming through. Fuck yeah. That's Mate. What, a- anyone in sport should be doing that. That's any sport, but they don't do that. They just think that they live the high life and they have all these endorsements and contracts. And then you'll see NRL players five years after their contracts driving a bus. It's true, dude. Fuck yeah. You know, when we talk about sponsorship, it resonates for me because, like, I've been I've been approached by so many people 
wanting to sponsor the podcast for for and when but but the thing is I won't sell myself out for the kind of shit that they want to do and and if it, you believe in a product I understand it you know what I mean but um not just any old fucking shit though yeah yeah at the end of the day you're still a business dude so you shouldn't let that I can't see you promoting BCAAs <laughs> look like you know there's products I believe in there's products I don't but for me as a whole it's it's just one day whether you believe it or not when my career ends they end it's a business dude so if I'm not pulling them in income from that I'm cut too which is nothing personal I'd just rather have something there that I've made an empire for myself so if it ends it's like sweet I can still do what I do and make and make money out of it so Sam Pierce next 12 months what are you ticking off the list uh, ticking off the list. What's getting done? Um, obviously, I want to get back on the pro stage. That's something I've kind of been itching for. Um, and to see myself being able to work more remote and be, I guess, financially free in that matter. So if I want to go compete, I can take my online business overseas. Um, but I still have passive income coming in from my gym and just keeping that... Um, expand to where it needs to be you know I've I had a kind of 12 month business plan for it to kind of pay for itself after 12 months and I did it in three so I was pretty happy with that so now I kind of see that as like all right well I know what I'm I guess I'm going in the right direction now I want to excel on that I'm on a good wicket so I'm gonna I'm gonna push harder on that so I can essentially live from that income which allows me to be more free in my time to do things I want to do which could be investing in more business it could be whatever ideas I want to do and, and, and do or, or it could be as simple as not putting my daughter in daycare as much and taking her out through the, more through the day yeah you know why not but I yeah. want to have that freedom to do that yeah and free, freedom is the only currency correct yeah it's fine yeah I want to have whatever time I want to do I don't have to explain to anyone off I go get it done so if you if you if, if you were going to give some advice then to the people listening that may want to pursue a career in bodybuilding or, or, or a career where 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 fitness and, and competitive fitness comp- like competitive athletes out there that might that might want to include this like do you know what I mean what what kind of advice would you would you give them that through your you, life what's your I best could, piece I could, of advice I could I could, uh, I could leave this podcast as we finish up say goodbye shake your hand see you later get my car drive back to my gym get t-boned by a car and I'm fucking dead Right, people say, "Oh, don't say that," you know, because it can happen. Well, guess what? It can fucking happen. So, what was my last thought before that happened? You know, are you happy in that frame of mind before you get hit by that car and you're fucking dead? Are you happy with everything in your life, with the life that you lived? And people will say, "Oh, that's cheesy. Like you can you can die tomorrow." Well, it's true. You know, I was good mates with Sean Road, and I got a call fucking two weeks ago that he was dead. And I was just showing people in my my gym how he was in my hotel room helping me pose. For my, for my last show, you know, I, I broke down that day and it was very emotional for me. I've had a lot of people in my life die tragically. You know, I've had you no know, guys that have, you know, been murdered, died from drug overdoses and all these things. And you're talking just how you and I are right now, the day before. So life is short. So you better be doing what you love doing. And if you are doing something you truly love doing and you have a passion for it, you will make yourself good at it eventually. You might be shit at it first, but if you have a passion for something that you truly love, you will give yourself the time and you will practice and you will get better at your craft. It doesn't matter what it is. 
And to me, as long as you put the hours in, you will become successful at it. Yeah. It's as simple yeah. as that. I feel you on that. I feel I feel you on every word that and it's so fucking important, guys, that you understand that, you know, from what from what we know, your energy might live on, but you've only got one time on the planet. You better you better you might as well fucking lean into something that lights you up if you're gonna if you're gonna be here. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just wanna make sure that when you when you start every day, are you happy? And when you go to bed every night, are you happy? You know, that, that, that's the biggest thing. And what, whatever your version of happiness is, do that. Do that. But, you know, as it comes down to people, comes down to, you know, the career that you're trying to pursue, family members, whatever it is, everything around you must resonate to your happiness. Otherwise, fuck it off. I love it. I love it. And guys, that is Sam Pierce, man. And that is and that is your little... 101 into bodybuilding and the man and the man behind the body that's going to go and dominate on the world stage i have no doubt about it i have no doubt about it just before we go sam just give them um get so they can follow your gym and everything you're doing there and your instagram and all that stuff just drop all that on here yeah socials and all that is obviously just sam pierce official we'll put Um, it in the bio as well yeah that's all sam pierce official and uh iron asylum um i want to get asylum number place for my car but um not allowed due to mental health discrimination. So, yeah, that, that, that was a, that was funny. But yeah, it's Iron Asylum, so it's not a mental asylum. Uh, like <laughs> Queensland Transport made out. But uh, yeah, my gym's over in Helensway on the Gold Coast. Um, you know, we have really only pro trainers working out of there, which is great. So you know, I've got an elite set of trainers working there, and it's good being around those type of people and. I've got a very good culture in there where, you know, I have kicked people out of there because they have bad attitude in the gym. Um, if you re- resonate remotely to a fuckwit, you are gone. No questions asked. I don't want bad attitude. I don't want any shit in there. I don't want it to be known as a, you know, a roided up bodybuilder's gym. You know, I have all different shapes and sizes coming in there because they all train hard. Funny enough, I actually had a bodybuilding mentality behind it, but not a lot of bodybuilders have actually started coming there because... Like I said to you before, bodybuilders are full of shit. Um, they don't train as hard as what they make themselves out. So some of them actually, a lot of them haven't shown their face in there. Only the real hard working, real people that I see in there, which is great. So I find my vision on my own gym was to see something for what it is, and um, I see F forty five CrossFit gyms, the gym you train at, never quit. They do a fantastic job at culture and they create like a family environment where yeah. you don't have to be mates with your fucking person that you see. I see you on the jump row hitting the bags. You don't have to be mates, but I guarantee you, well, when I've trained there at Never Quit, um, they say hi to, to everyone that walks in the door. You know, you don't yeah. have to say, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just a, a friendly atmosphere. You don't feel intimidated about going there, you know, just because you, some guy might have muscle or there's a, there's a good looking girl there or you know it doesn't mean a, an overweight fat girl when she walks in she's gonna be like oh my god you know like, g'day how you doing you know and i think crossfit gyms f45s never quit strong men gyms um they do a fantastic job at at that culture where i feel there isn't that in the bodybuilding realm you're th- and you've created it. and that's what i want to do so when you walk in i don't give a fuck who you are yeah you know i don't care if you're some big dude with tats or you're some little skinny teenager you know you must feel welcome um, if someone has a problem, good. You can both fuck off and sort it out. You know, I don't, I don't want, it, I don't want bullshit there. I just want people there that are there to train hard and support each other. You know, if you want a spot, you need a spot. Like it shouldn't be 
something other way. You're not entitled. Uh, I'm not entitled because I walk in and I'm a pro bodybuilder. It's like, dude, get off the machine. I've got to prep for a show, you know? But at the same time, there's no one on their fucking machine there on their phone fucking around. Everyone's there to train hard, get in there, get the work done and fuck off. Just just old spit and sawdust type rip, but, yeah, but with, know, the fa- but, I mean. but like with you, family values. You, know, you, you, you get one warning of bad attitude, kicked out straight away. You get one warning if you don't put your weights away or you, you leave a mess. One warning, second warning, gone. I don't want to hear your excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse, dude. You know, and I fucking I love it because you're so like clinical, you, man. Yeah, if you if you you want to leave your lights, weights and leg press, that's sweet. You know, you got one chance. Strike one, gone. You know, like don't want to hear about it. Don't want to hear about you in the wrong mind frame. Good, go go somewhere else. You know, like when you come in, the gym's always clean. There's one thing too. I always have it clean. The weights are where they are. Nothing's broken. Everything's fixed. Always serviced. You know, always on top of everything. So that way, I know the members are happy. Everyone's in a good environment. Um, and more so, as I said, it comes back to support. You've got a good support network there where everyone feels welcome and, and happy to train. You know, people don't realise how lonely everyone else is. There's, there's people that don't have families. There's going to be people that are going to be alone on Christmas Day. So I'm holding an open day Christmas Day where I have a hamper out the front for people from the gym to go hang out there and, and do their thing. You know, and they can hang out there and I think I've got it open until about 12, 1 o'clock. Um, so I'll have like a morning there for people to, you know, come in and, and feel welcome because a lot of people are alone on Christmas Day. You know, mate, so, I, mate, I, mate, I'm alone on Christmas Day. It's a shit. I had it one year. One year I had it, and it was the worst day of my life. I'm like, I'll never wish that upon anyone. So <laughs> I, I want to make sure I, I can mate. I can have that opportunity for people if they if they're alone, come down and, and get a feed, hang out and train. You know, the gym's open for that day, and um, you know, I do have a cat membership. You know, and I've said no to people and I've kicked people out, but I do that so to make I, it a good environment for everyone else yeah so the members there are happy why would I just keep you on just so I can keep your membership where I could lose 10 more because people fucking hate you yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah and it's and it all comes it, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a gym like you've got it all comes down to attitude definitely man it's yeah. all it's all attitude it's not it's it's it, it's it's only it's only attitude that gives bodybuilding the, the name it gets is only attitude it's not it's not that you're a nice guy I know you're a nice guy we've just sat down and had a conversation rah 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 but it's all down to attitude that people get a perception of, of, of this bodybuilding industry and you have openly said like yourself you don't like half these bodybuilders because of their fucking attitude yeah correct so it's, it's fucking it's fucking great man I just thanks for being real bruv and uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast anytime and guys, do me a favour, yeah. If you, if you, if you let let me and Sam know on Instagram if you got some some wisdom out of that. I hope you did. I hope you like the realness of it. Talking about all the drugs, all the other stuff, all the all the real shit that goes on in the industry, because that's how I like to keep it on this podcast. And uh, do me a favour, drop share it with your friends and all that razzmatazz too. I appreciate you all listening. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.